0: Can you hear it? Yeah, I can hear it.
1: Well, yeah, you're right beside me. James,
0: can you hear Alex drinking his water?
1: I could not. Oh, God. Thank you, James. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) Listeners, welcome to this week's 13th Floor Podcast. You're joined by me, Cece.
1: Me,
2: Alex. And me, James.
0: Oh, the three of us. The regular crew, the 13th Floor Gang. We're here. Yeah, we're ready to talk about something weird. How have you guys been?
1: Been doing good. Doing good. Uh, you know, Disney Plus launched our thing, so I've been watching He's a been lot. watching. Gwen's been watching a lot of new shows on so that. So
0: much Disney Plus. Yeah. Mostly Gwen. James, have you gotten it?
2: I haven't, but I've been mulling it over. Mm.
0: He's not going to get it. Probably not.
2: Mandalorian
1: no. is one of the best Star Wars things to come out in a while. Just, so, uh-huh. I'll leave it at that. Interesting.
0: He won't stop talking. Baby Yoda is pretty cute. He's pretty Mm -hmm. cute. It's
1: probably the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Um, And I've seen Gwen, my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Oh, Uh, man.
0: What are we talking about this week, you guys?
1: Oh, you don't have anything going on lately, huh?
0: Oh, no. You know what happened to me yesterday? I have a question for you guys. And I guess this will kind of be our icebreaker. Yesterday, when I was shopping at Target... Just minding my own business. I'm in the fruit section. I'm picking out some grapes for our daughter, Gwen. And Mm -hmm. this woman walks up next to me and she starts looking through the grapes and she's opening them and taking them, like trying all the grapes and stuff. Which, number one, Uh is gross because you should wash them. right? Yeah. But also, number two, she started taking them out of the bags that they were in because she wanted different flavors. And she was putting them into another bag, like one of the little bags that you put apples and stuff in. Yeah. And she was just compiling all the grapes there. She just left all the bags open in the grape That's section. What did she
1: look like? Did she look like a crazy person?
0: No, she didn't. That's the thing. She had a little baby yeah. with her. It was an adorable, precious little chubby-cheeked baby. And she just looked like she had just like left yoga class.
2: She probably did the same thing to the baby that she did with the grapes. She just got that baby. <laughs> yeah, she
0: actually just took the baby. But, yeah, yeah my, I guess my question this week for you guys is, what do you do when you see something like that? So I asked her what she was doing. She said, I'm getting grapes, and then walked away. But I didn't have the, the conies to say, you shouldn't be doing that. But she just yeah. left, like, all those half-empty bags of grapes oh. for nobody. I don't know about mm. you, but when I go and look for grapes, if I find a grape bag that's open, I don't touch it.
1: Yeah, You know, I probably wouldn't have said anything because the mental stability of that person is in question <laughs> in that very yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean... Grocery stores are weird, man. I mean, my uh, my mom went to a grocery store and had a man follow her and blow on her feet.
0: What? Kept
1: blowing <laughs> on her feet what? in the aisles.
0: When did that happen? Uh, it
1: was probably like 12, 13 years ago or so. Yeah. That yeah. He, he, and there were several reports of it happening. Of she, this guy, he would, he would find people, I think blow. it was Kmart, and he would blow on their feet.
0: From from where? Like just bend but, uh, down but, and blow on yeah, it. Yeah, like just con- bend
1: down and blow on it from behind him. She confronted him, and then he's also he, he he's also. I think I'm trying to remember if my dad threatened him or they knew somebody else that had threatened him.
0: She should have kicked him in his yeah. face if somebody had gotten down. Yeah. I like, I would have done like the mule kick where you kick backwards.
1: Yeah. This, this guy was maybe that's what he was after though creeping.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: Ooh, Ew, gross. <laughs> yeah, right. Grocery stores are p- weird places, man.
0: So, yeah. th- that's true. You can meet anybody at the grocery store.
1: James, do you have any weird grocery store stories?
2: I'm trying to think. Like uh, I've had a lot of crazy people stories, but none specifically that I can think of at the grocery store. The weirdest uh, crazy person story I ever had. I was waiting for my sister uh, to get surgery, and a very schizophrenic old woman <laughs> approached me and asked if I was with the government to take her dog. She had a little, like, fru frou dog who's probably <laughs> seen some stuff, man. And, uh, and uh, she was like, are you with the people to take pom-pom? And I was like, uh, no, I'm 12. <laughs> and she goes, oh. And then she walks a few feet away, turns back around, makes continued eye contact with me while mouthing, I hate you over and over it was incredibly awkward and nerve-wracking yeah
0: yeah well i hope that she was able to get the help she needed i don't uh, like other than that woman at the grocery store the other day who was just eating all the grapes which i think probably Mm -hmm. happens a lot more than you would think yeah but when i worked when i worked at a, a clothing store i won't name it just because you know but I worked at a clothing store, and somebody took a dump in one of our <laughs> one of our changing Jesus rooms. Christ. That Ugh. was crazy. That was yeah. crazy, and they like smeared it man. all. It was weird. Oh
2: yeah, uh, it was weird.
1: You, man, yeah, working retail's the worst. You see all kinds of stuff. I saw I saw a lady in one of those like motorized scooters just stashing clothes underneath her. Kept putting P- them yeah, underneath her. And they would out. Or, or they would put it in their kid's backpack. They're like they're like a the little five year old's backpack, and like having run out the store.
0: Yep. People are yeah.
2: bold yeah, people
0: and are. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, that. that makes me so I
2: just mad. realized I'm the crazy person at the grocery store, though, because I creep people out, I'm sure, because I talk to myself. And it's not like under normal circumstances. It's yeah. just because I'm at the grocery store, I see things that I like, and I'm like, ooh, that would be good. And, and I just say it out loud, like, oh, I didn't know they had it in this flavor. I'll just talk about the groceries out loud.
1: You're probably in the cheese aisle doing your little throat whistle thing and creeping everybody out. Yeah.
0: No. <laughs> oh, I've man. seen James talk to himself at the grocery store. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah, when he came and stayed with us and we went to go get a lasagna, he was talking to himself, but he also claims that he can set off the automatic checkout line.
2: You huh. saw it happen. Oh, yeah, I remember.
0: I did. I saw it happen. But, you know, it just happened once, so I can't say, like, with certainty that's well, normal. That's But all of a sudden, we're at the checkout line, and then everybody's checkout lines just kind of like stop working for a second. And James said it was himself, and he ran away. And then they did start working again.
1: Wow! What if James is a walking EMP? (laughs) Yep.
0: Mm. Are you James? Probably. What other What other odd electrical currents can you uh, affect?
2: Light bulbs. um, Let's see, street lamps, things like that. Anything that gives off light, really. Yeah, I'm a poltergeist.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it's probably just his, uh, his tulpa.
2: Oh. Yeah.
0: Ooh. His tulpa. Have, have fun. Okay. Uh, are we are we ready to hop on in the topic today? Yes.
1: I'm what ready. are we
0: talking about, Alex?
1: Lab conspiracies.
0: Lab conspiracies. So, uh, James, you kind of gave us this topic, didn't you?
2: Well... I got a request specifically about 5G, and then I thought about Plum Island, and I was like, you know what? Let's do like a kind of a medical thing, and I don't know. It just kind of snowballed into it.
0: And this is where we are right now. All of us have done our research on our independent topics, and we're coming together to share with all you beautiful listeners what we found.
1: We're like the Avengers with dumb facts.
0: Yeah, well, Alex is. The
1: three of us coming together.
0: Seriously, (laughs) you guys. The the entire time he was doing his research, he's sitting in the corner cackling to himself. <laughs> Not the
1: entire time, just
0: the, the entire time. And mm. I, James and I have no idea what he's talking about because he's kept it super I've
1: gone, secret. I've gone rogue. I've gone rogue. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know if I stayed in line with our origi- original mission objective. But so
0: we'll see what happens here.
1: It'll be a ride.
0: Uh, I guess I'm going to start us off today. Sounds good. I'm going to start us off today. Yes, boss. Yeah, I am talking about a Plum Island.
1: Which I'm excited to hear about. I know nothing about it.
0: James knows about it.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: Yep. Okay, so I got my research from a Washington Post article by a man named Sam Telford who studied Lyme disease, and then also science.howstuffworks.com, CNN, the CDC, and the little sprinkles from Wikipedia. Plum Island. It's a small little island. It's about three, I think I said it was three miles long and one mile wide, hmm. but it's located off the coast of Long Island, New York, and it has birthed a number of conspiracy theories over the year. Interesting. So, that's multiple years. It's got a history that's hell old. So it was purchased from a Montauket Indian chieftain in 1659, a long time ago. For a coat, a barrel of biscuits, and a hundred fish hooks.
1: Nice. Wow. Yeah. That's a deal.
0: That's a deal. It was named Plum Island because beach plums grow along the island shores. Delicious, yummy beach plums.
1: (laughs) Are beach plums different than like normal plums?
0: I don't know. I looked up pictures. They're pretty little trees with little plums growing in them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But in 1897, the U.S. government bought the island for $90,000, which seems like a lot to me. At the time, in 1897, but I guess it was a very precious piece of land. Mm. And uh, the Fort Terry military base was established there. They did all sorts of army things like storing weapons and stuff like that on the island during World War II. Then in 1954, the Department of Agriculture built Plum Island Animal Disease Center. Ooh, and That's where all of our conspiracies come from. Interesting. Yeah. They carried out... And still, I guess, carry out to this day studies on animal pathogens, germs, and diseases
2: yep.
0: like foot and mouth and rinderpest and African swine flu and all that nasty stuff. Mm. Ew. Interesting. Yeah. Like I said, lots of conspiracy theories circulating regarding the work that they're doing on the island because some of it's very hush hush, highly restricted data and workings going on. So they obviously studied the animal germs, but some also speculate that researchers are one. Creating animal-human hybrids.
1: That's
2: exciting. Yeah.
0: And two, they're also creating biological weapons, which, I mean. Of
2: course. It's they basically Umbrella. Like, it's bizarre.
0: Yeah, like, if you're studying highly infectious, dangerous diseases, I could totally see them trying to figure out how to use those diseases against their enemies.
1: Yeah, it's so, the CDC. It just sounds like it's the CDC for animals.
0: Yeah, but the government, they claim that, and I mean, obviously, you guys were not saying that they're they're building biological weapons on Palm Island, because we don't know. But the government says it's studying animal diseases in order to avoid <laughs> catastrophic outbreaks that could affect the food supply. Mm. So, very, they're doing very important work there.
1: That's their side project.
0: Yeah, <laughs> if, if foot and mouth were to ever infect the food supply in the U.S., for example, it costs billions and billions of dollars in economic loss. Mm. Much like what happened in 2001 when foot and mouth hit the UK, as Alex discussed in our Food Conspiracies episode. The BBC reports that the outbreak cost the UK an estimated $10 billion.
2: <laughs>
0: That's a lot of dough. But there hasn't been an outbreak of foot and mouth in the US since 1929, so. Wow. Yeah, Great Depression times. So, yeah, if some of these pathogens made their way off the island, it would be bad news bears.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, you guys? Right. Yeah,
0: so the idea is that Plum Island Lab would be open on the island to minimize the threat of the animal diseases under study making their way to farms and spreading. Mm. It makes sense, right? It does. Yeah, and they have a lot of security measures. And I like honestly, like I obviously did a lot of research on the conspiracies, but then I also got really sidetracked by the security measures that they have on the island to try and prevent these things from happening. And some of their security measures include mandatory showers. All scientists employees must take steaming hot soapy showers before they step Ooh, foot out of the lab. Sounds
1: like my kind of job.
0: Yeah, and when I picture it, their skins their skins so red it looks like they went to the Bahamas without sunscreen because the water's <laughs> so hot to kill off all the germs.
2: Oh man, and that's
0: just that's just what I picture in my brain. Uh, their buildings have airlocks to keep the germs from saying, our suckers, I'm out of here."
1: We've got what kind of locks?
0: Airlocks. Ah, uh, I gotcha. Keep that bacteria in. They have a holding tanks to sterilize the water from the scientists hot soap showers. <laughs> Why are you giggling, James? It's,
2: it's just really weird. It's like a park plus commercial or something. Um yeah. and do they actually <laughs> stipulate that it has to be hot water?
0: I don't know. I just that's oh, the way okay. I picture just, it. just
2: curious. Yeah, okay, they no just, worries.
0: they have to they have to thoroughly <laughs> bathe off their bodies before they leave. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. They have door sensors and alarms. Duh. As a self-proclaimed access control expert myself, I cannot imagine them not having these. But the crazy part is that they didn't really have them fully operational until 2003 when the facility was traded off from the Department of Agriculture to Homeland Security. They're still working there together, but Homeland was like, bro, you got all these pathogens fly around in here. Why don't you
1: get a lock on your
0: door? Well, why don't you have your system set to trigger alarms if someone props open the door with a freaking trash can.
2: Flipping crazy.
0: Happens all the time, you guys. And then swine flu's out and about. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. For sure. And they also apparently didn't really have a great way of tracking who had keys to the property before 2003, which just blows my mind.
2: Yeah, man. Because Plum
0: Island could very well be a terrorist, Uh, you know, be on a terrorist mind because of everything they do in the facility. In fact, in 2008, a Pakistani neuroscientist I don't know how to pronounce her name. I think it's um, Afi Sidiqui. How do you say that, Alex?
1: Afia Sidiqui, yeah. I'm not sure. Well, she, uh,
0: yeah, she was taken into custody, suspected of being part of Al-Qaeda, and she had notes in her purse referring to a, quote, mass casualty attack, and Plum Island was mentioned in the notes.
1: Nice. So, Interesting.
0: Yeah. And last but not least, armed guards patrolling the island at all times. Apparently this the island is it's a refuge for a whole bunch of animals, uh, not just the ones that they're studying, but like harbor seals and all sorts of animals live on this island because they have the laboratory and then the rest of the island has is just kind of gone unchecked, like it's just overgrown, so it's a refuge for cool. all these species. <laughs> and um, sometimes people want to go look at the, the animals or the beaches are supposed to be really pretty. so they have these armed guards patrolling. So I picture them walking around with their little flashlights and their little, their little security uh, tag and their little revolvers. Revolvers. Yeah. Mm. And I looked up on Google. I, I looked up on Google to see if I could find how much these security guards on Plum Island get paid or if there were any openings and I couldn't find any.
1: No. Way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so my dream of becoming a Plum Island security guard is dashed. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier. Lots of conspiracy theories, uh, like the creation, and when I talked about the human hybrid theory, you guys mm. have you heard? You guys have heard of the Montauk Monster, right?
2: Yep. No.
0: Did we mention him in our my Montauk I episode? We did.
1: project? Yeah, I thought we did. Oh yeah, maybe we did. I don't. I didn't. I guess I don't know if we remember. I don't remember him being called Montauk Monster. We
0: didn't really go into it too too much, mm. but. He he's this weird little creature dude that washed ashore on Montauk, New York, and no one knows what he was. Listeners, if you've never heard of him, look up a picture of him, because he's he's weird looking.
2: Yeah, the internet exploded, I remember that, with that picture surfaced.
0: Yeah, it's a weird looking picture. He's got this weird looking mouth. But some people theorize that he was a Plum Island experiment that escaped. Oh. Based upon the water currents and the beach that he was found on, he could have come from there, but... A paleozoologist named Darren Neish says that he thinks the Montauk monster was a raccoon. A raccoon? Look him up, Alex. Does that oh. look like a raccoon to you? James, what are your yeah. thoughts? Do you think it looks like a little hairless raccoon?
2: Uh, I think it looks like a gargoyle, but Jeff Corwin also says it's a raccoon, and I pretty much believe whatever he says, so yeah.
0: You believe Jeff Corwin? Yeah. Look at his little mouth. I just don't I understand it's how so his little mouth looking. could look like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he looks like it's—it
0: look, looks like it's a little beak.
2: Yeah, he looks like a little monster. He looks like a kappa, actually. That's what he reminds me of. He's Poor guy. Definitely a genetic experiment. <laughs>
0: mm. <laughs> Alex, Alex mm. got the facts right here, you guys. Uh, but one of the biggest conspiracy theories coming off Plum Island is Lyme disease.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Isn't that crazy? Plums and limes. <laughs> <laughs> But (laughs) some people believe that Lyme disease came off Plum Island because of its location to where the first big outbreak occurred in 1975 in Lyme, Connecticut, which isn't too far away. Yeah. So some people suspect that birds may have carried infected ticks off the island onto the mainland, which isn't too crazy of a thought.
2: I've even heard, I mean, it shows how just typical negligence, like the stuff you were talking about, about the doors not having proper locks and things like that, Um, I heard that. They had experimented with Lyme disease on deer on the island, and they just assumed nothing would go wrong because they didn't realize deer can swim.
0: Uh, They didn't realize deer can swim?
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. That's what
2: I've heard before, yeah.
0: Well, I... That's
2: hearsay, but, you know.
0: (laughs) It's kind of difficult to say um, because the U.S. government claims they've never studied Lyme disease. On Plum Island. No, they
1: study all these diseases with animals, but they did, the one they didn't study was Lyme disease.
0: Lyme disease.
1: Uh, I don't buy that.
0: Well, mm. Lyme disease, and I, like, I've heard of it before, but I didn't really know much about it before this. But it's a disease. It's a very serious malady, you guys. Yes. Yeah, humans can catch it. It's a bacterial infection, and it comes from getting bitten by an infected tick. Ugh. I hate ticks. Yeah, me James, too, James. I know that wasn't that what you said you would you would eradicate if you could snap something yep. out of existence when you we were talking about Thanos. You yep. said ticks, right? I did. Have you ever been bitten by a tick?
2: Oh, several times. That's why I hate them. Um, but yeah, I don't get mosquito bites. I get ticks.
0: Ew, James. Ugh. Nasty.
2: They made me allergic to beef for like a week.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's one of the side effects. Alex, I remember yeah. I got we got I got bit by my first tick at Memorial Day weekend with his family, and it was just the tiniest little thing, and I got it <laughs> off immediately, which was good, but I still had a little mark on my leg for like a year.
1: Yeah, I did too.
0: Yeah, and Alex mm-hmm. I, Alex yeah, was wearing like me. long pants, yeah. and he was like, I don't have a tick, and I was like, well, if I had one, you should check yourself.
1: No, I said that I didn't have long pants. I had shorts on, and I had checked everywhere. Turned out and worked its way up a little further up my thigh uh- <laughs> before it started
0: to dig in. <laughs> Ew, gruffing.
2: Uh, yeah. Oh, one time I was typing and I saw a freckle on my ring finger. And I was like, I don't remember having a freckle on my ring finger. And I mean, because they're so sneaky, like, you do not notice them. Yeah, they're they, amazing. They're like little ninjas. And then I touched the freckle and it it kicked me with its leg and I was
0: like, ah! Oh, Oh, that makes my skin crawl just thinking of it. That's pretty
1: much what my leg was. I was like, I don't remember that dark... I don't remember having a scab there and I hit it and it started moving its legs. I was like, ah!
0: They're very, very tiny, but we had...
2: Yeah, it gives you the heebie-jeebies forever. We
0: had one of our our family members who uh, is very well-versed in tick removal remove them for us. Thank you, Wade, if you listen to this. But...
1: Mm-hmm. He just told us how to do it. No, so he, he took. My, he
0: took. He got a little pair of tweezers and took took it off my ankle.
1: Well, he didn't pop my pants off and <laughs> take my. Off. <laughs> <laughs> that, would been,
0: that would have been funny. But I did. I felt personally violated when I had that stupid tick, and it was it was a very tiny one, but still. And we're all still hearing about it. Yeah, we're all still. I'm. I'm going to talk about it forever. <laughs> but Lyme disease, it's it's very hard to diagnose because the symptoms are very much like the flu and other similar illnesses. So, like, you might get fever, headaches, body aches, fatigue. And the the first thing you might notice, though, is a little bullseye-type rash near where the tick got you. And there are blood tests that doctors can run to see if you have Lyme, but it's not a foolproof test. It's a two-part test. And I read this on the CDC website. And the reason it's kind of hard to detect is, number one, doctors have to suspect that you have Lyme disease in the first place. Well, it seems like all these other illnesses – so. You know, unless they're asking, "Oh, were you in the woods, ma'am? <laughs> could you have been in an area where you could have gotten a tick?" They're gonna think you just have like a flu or some type of, you know.
2: Right. Yeah, I request it. I'm like, I want Lyme disease uh, on the blood panel, and they're like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Cause I'm in the flipping woods all the time. I live
0: in the woods. So yeah. 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 Have you been Have you been in the woods lately, James?
2: Uh, pretty recently. Yeah, I went looking for chaga
0: for for what.
2: Chaga—it's a parasitic mushroom that grows on birch trees and can be made into a very healthy tea.
0: You and your tea, James. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Alex's belly just made a really weird noise. It like is, <laughs> so is chaga? It's called chaga. Uh-huh. Is it gonna? Is it gonna make you hallucinate and see? <laughs>
2: no, uh, see no.
0: hippopotamuses.
2: It's just really, really full of uh, yeah, a lot of nutrients and antioxidants.
1: Have you not? You never heard of chaga?
0: No.
2: Uga chaga. Ooga, <laughs> it's like,
0: chaga. Does it it's like, like Does it taste like <laughs> Does it taste Does it taste like dirt?
2: Sort of, yeah.
0: Mm, yeah. chaga.
2: It's like coffee mushrooms and a little bit of dirt.
0: Okay. Well, sounds wonderful, James. <laughs> I, did you find any? No. No, I'm sorry, James. I'm sorry. I, I feel like I feel like I've brought up the source subject. Yeah, a source subject. <laughs> what what, what, oh, what was that? What all of a sudden I heard lots of noises. Sounded like maybe your microphone fell oh, over. I, I did. Oh, I <laughs> do. <yep. laughs> there it is. But so so another reason that the Lyme disease test is kind of difficult is that it looks for antibodies in your body that are created when faced with infection. And sometimes your body can take time mm-hmm. to create the antibodies, so the test might not come back positive if you've just recently gotten it. So. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of difficult to test for. And if untreated, Lyme can spread to other parts of your body and really wreak havoc. So it's, it it can get really, really bad. Mm-hmm. But it is treatable with antibiotics, like a month of antibiotics. So I looked up a lot of conspiracy theory forums on Lyme disease, since a lot of people think that it came off of Plum Island. And they theorists a lot of theorists, at least that I was looking into, they don't necessarily think it was created there, but they think that it was biologically engineered to be more transmissible and, I guess, more efficient as a a weapon. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the theory that Lyme came off Plum Island, it got more attention in 2004 when a guy named Michael Carroll released a book called Lab 257, The Disturbing Story of the Government's Secret Plum Island Germ Laboratory.
2: Wow, what a name.
0: That is a Mm -hmm. long name.
2: Yeah, I read that book.
0: Did you read it? Uh Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to read it because I bought it right before we started. Yeah, that's with we how I
2: first said. found out about Plum Island.
0: Huh. But in it, Carol theorizes ways that lime could have made its way off the restricted island. James, since you've read it, do you mm-hmm. want to share in any of those those ways? Do you remember?
2: Um, you know, well, one of them, I think that's actually how I got the the hearsay I was talking about about deer swimming, and uh, one of the big ones is whenever they burn materials, bear in mind, pathogens are extremely small. When they would burn uh, infected materials like carcasses, they would uh, use air filters in order to get rid of all the pathogens so they didn't circulate into the air. And turns out, again, great example of just run-of-the-mill human negligence that everybody needs to account for no matter what, Uh, you know, because again, scientists aren't infallible. They make they have the flipping duh moments like anybody else. The uh, filters were too big for a lot of the pathogens that they were testing. So, yeah, anything they were burning was just going right into the atmosphere. Yeah. yeah.
0: Ugh. Ugh. Well, I can't wait to read the book when it comes in. Thank you, Amazon Prime, for <coughs> delivering it to me. You ordered it? Yes, I ordered it. I just said that.
1: I know, but I thought you – I didn't know if you actually ordered it. No, I ordered it. Oh, so wow.
0: Number of there are some some catches to why Lyme disease may not have come off of Plum Island. So tests have indicated, and this is this is if it wasn't just like biologically engineered. This is if people think that it came off of Plum Island, but tests have indicated that that the bacteria that leads to Lyme disease has been around a lot longer than people realize. I found an article on Live Science that said that a tick found stuck in amber from about 15 million years ago, had the bacteria that leads to Lyme disease.
1: Really? Yeah. That's cool. Wow. That's
2: awesome.
0: The bacteria has been around for a long time. Uh, Two, Lyme disease isn't entirely debilitating. So it's not – Why would the U.S. government biologically engineer this when it's not really – Usually, if they're going to biologically engineer something to make it like a weapon, they want it to be a little bit more – Fatal.
1: Well, fatal, more yeah, transmissible, I guess, or whatever the word would be,
2: transmissible, so yeah,
1: pass between people. No, that's right. It it's not quick enough either. It no, doesn't... it's
0: not. It's a very slow progressing illness. Yeah. So it wouldn't make sense for them to kind of create this just in the first place because no. it's not really no. going to take out any of the enemies.
2: Devil's advocate. The only thing I can think of where a tick-borne pathogen would be more useful is it would target rural areas as opposed to urban ones.
0: That's, I mean. Yeah, you know, something to think about.
1: Well, maybe the experiment was to just, this is like a a baby uh, disease, and they're just saying if they can put a disease into a tick. Mm-hmm. And so when they also actually want to put a real one in it.
0: Yeah. There are mm-hmm. lots of different tick, tick-borne illnesses. I didn't know how many there were, but there are lots of them. So, did a Lyme disease come off Plum Island? I don't think so. I personally don't think so.
1: No. I don't think <laughs> it was created there, obviously. I mean, if they found
2: it in Amber.
0: They found it in Amber. Dino
2: DNA.
1: Old.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's his <laughs> favorite yeah, twist, movie.
2: Yeah, twist ending. They're actually studying time travel on Plum Island, and they killed the dinosaurs by giving them Lyme disease. Hence Ooh. the law. James, James,
0: oh, wow, <laughs> mind bender. One last note on Palm Island before you just said that. Before I did, <laughs> I did say one last note. The U.S. government is looking to possibly sell the land, ah, which just blows my mind. If you're studying things like this on that island, that you would be like, oh, here you go. Hmm. But I did find lots of varying reports on the matter. But they've got plans to shut down the animal research center. By 2022, 2023-ish, they're going to open up an even bigger and better facility in Manhattan, Kansas. So, Manhattan, Kansas, you watch yourselves. But it'll be a biosafety level four facility, whereas Plum is just a a level three. Oh, okay. So, a level four, you can study diseases that can be transmitted to humans and that have no known cure or treatments, (laughs) which just sounds like the most fun job ever. Wow. No, thank you. But Oof. I guess we'll see. They want to sell Plum Island to offset the cost of the facility in Kansas. Mm-hmm. But then all these environmentalists are like, no, don't do it because it is. It's home for lots of animals yeah. and they don't want it to, to sell. But then well. I stop and think like, what is going to be on that that island that could possibly, because they've been doing research on there since like the 1950s.
1: Yeah, uh, I wouldn't buy it.
2: Yeah, plus it's three miles. It's not like they're gonna turn it into a strip mall. Yeah. Probably just be one some weirdo, some rich weirdo will buy it and just use it as a secret base. There you go.
0: James. We're gonna get an invite to James's uh secret Plum Island home warming party. <laughs> so that's Plum yeah. Island, you guys. Wow. Wow. wow.
1: That's interesting. <laughs> I wonder what I wonder what the new place is gonna be. Like yeah. Mango. Yeah, Mango or, Research Center. Well, it's in Kansas, so it's just...
2: <laughs> all I can think of all I all can think of is it's Manhattan, Kansas. Like, their Board of Tourism is probably like, Manhattan, Kansas, it's the other Manhattan. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: <laughs> exactly. For a minute, I thought you, you were going to say they're creating the facility in New York. I'm like, that's as dumb as having the CDC in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Which, which I kind of get it, because you want to have them be able to hit it hit a major airport quickly but
0: listen to me here's here's something for you the cdc has a little museum and i've wanted to go so badly it's just open monday through friday during like nine to five will so we'll go one i'll day. never get mm. to go
2: we'll go
1: one day and get lyme disease together
0: so, so cdc if you're listening to me if you're listening to this podcast how long are yeah let's let's Make some hours to accommodate for a CC Alex visit. And maybe James, too. James, if you want to hop on down here, we'll go to the CDC Museum together. Take some pictures okay, for the 13th right. floor Instagram.
1: Yeah. Look at stuff. Yeah. All right, Alex. <coughs> all right, everybody. We have, so, I'm um, next.
0: Yeah, we, we have no idea what Alex is talking about.
1: No one knows what my topic is.
0: He, he's going he's gonna to baffle all of us. All
1: right. So, and James, you may have heard, but we'll see. But we all know the U.S. military Mm -hmm. is the most formidable military on the planet. And they're always creating new, exciting, and terrible weapons, (laughs) many of which we'll likely never find out about. But during 1994, they started looking into a new horrible weapon, the likes of which the world has never seen. They called it, and James, you may have heard of this, the gay bomb bomb.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> can you, can, can you the gay bomb?
1: Can you guess what the gay bomb was intended to do? <laughs>
0: uh, turn people homosexual. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah,
1: yeah, but br- yeah, briefly, but yeah. So <laughs> briefly, yeah, the gay the gay bomb. <laughs> yeah. So our government spent. Uh, they spent. Seven point five million dollars of our money on a uh, research grant that they afforded to Wright Labs, based out of Ohio, and so it was a six-year, seven point five million dollar research grant, which doesn't seem like that much, but I don't know if that was seven point five per year or seven point five for the entire six years. Oh, there's Wheezy's cameo, and <laughs> uh, but the funny thing is. Well, this is a non-lethal weapons research project, and the project was formally called "Harassing, Annoying, and Bad Guy Identifying Chemicals." That was the project name. So, yeah, it's a bad name.
0: So, how does it work? Is it just like it? Does it just affect people's hormones?
1: I'll I'll get to that. But the document (laughs) described the requested projects from the U.S. government. It says, this is the doc that was given to uh, Wright Labs. This is a quote from the doc. They wanted a weapon that contained a chemical that would cause enemy soldiers to become gay and to have their units break down because all the soldiers became irresistibly attractive to each other. So yeah, the plan is to make everyone drop firing at the enemy with a bomb and start sexing each other. I mean, that, that part was me. That part
0: was me. I was going to say, that was in the... No, no,
1: no. Oh, my (laughs) god! That last part was me.
0: Well,
2: it's like some general heard the expression, make love, not war, and thought, or we could make love as war. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of what I saw online was a play on that. And uh, Mm, it's ridiculous. I mean, this is around the time that, I believe, Bill Clinton was in office, and then you get the... uh, all those military uh what was it what were those laws
2: uh oh the don't ask don't tell yeah, thing don't
1: ask don't tell all that stuff was surging around now but the interesting thing is, is they actually got a nobel prize for their work on the item oh so, wait a minute
0: what they did not
1: Actually, I read that wrong. They got a. You sure
2: it's not an Ig
0: yeah, Prize? I
1: say, they got that. I read that wrong. It was a Ig Nobel Prize. <laughs> okay, I was just about to say there went, is no okay. way. You yeah. all ruined my setup. Thank you all.
2: But mm, yeah, uh, so okay. the Ig
1: is a parody award which celebrates unusual scientific achievements that, and this is their quote: first, make people laugh, and then make them think." <laughs> 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 so. Apparently, the Wright Lab also came up with some other questionable weapons, such as bad breath bombs, which they also called halitosis bombs.
0: Alex, you don't even need one of those.
1: <laughs> Dang. <laughs> oh, no, I don't need the next one. Flatulence bombs.
0: No, you definitely don't need And
1: bombs designed to attract swarms of stinging insects to enemy combatants.
0: How do you... Okay. So all right. like, I, like, I could see, like, bees. Yeah, the Bees. <laughs> yeah, bees!
2: <laughs> and,
1: and this is so legit that the Pentagon actually responded once these papers came out And said that this was only something they briefly pursued But the problem is In 2002 The Pentagon submitted their idea for review to the National, National Academy of Sciences Which is the premier scientific review body in the country So yeah, they considered it for more than a little while That's eight years
0: why would, from when they first
2: I started. Eight years and what was it, $7 million? $7.5 million.
0: The fact that they even considered Night. it at all is just like, what?
1: <laughs> I just like the idea that they're in the middle of a firefight. A plane goes overhead, drops a bomb, and no one's suddenly firing at you anymore because they're all so busy getting jiggy with it.
0: That's unbelievable. <laughs> okay, I see. I understand like the stinging insects thing. Yeah. But everything else is just like, what?
1: Right. It's so bizarre. So yeah. so why didn't such a genius idea work?
0: Oh, I can well, only imagine.
1: the feminist suggested using smells or pheromones that would drive people to be irresistible to each other. Except for like, you know, scientifically speaking, humans don't seem to actually have actual pheromones. So that's kind of yeah. out. And so then they were like, oh, maybe we can use scents, like sexual sweat, etc., and those were considered And they didn't really work either So the project is a huge bust But it's it's kind of funny Like It'd be a hilarious way to disarm your foes But I feel like it's something more out of Rick and Morty Than something yeah, that's that. See. Yeah. The <laughs>
0: new season, either. by the way Is really good so far Yeah, really
1: funny huh. But that's really all I had for the gay bomb But I wanted to also go over something That I think you all will like And our audience will like I wanted to look at more Ignoble Peace Prize winners. Ooh. And I thought I would share some of the some of the ones. Uh, I was gonna say some of the highlights, but there are so many. So they award ten every year. Oh uh, yeah. And this started back in oh, I believe it started back in like nineteen ninety-two is when it first started. But I, the first one I picked is from the same year that the gay bomb experiment started.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: And this, this ignoble prize for economics presented to Juan Pablo de, Valia, de Vila of Chile. And this is the statement. Tireless trader of financial futures, former employee of the state-owned company, Codelco, for instructing his company to buy when he meant to sell. Uh-oh. He sub- subsequently attempted to recoup his losses by making increasingly unprofitable trades that ultimately lost 0.5% of Chile's gross national product. Devalia's relentless achievement inspired his countrymen to coin a new term, develer, meaning to botch things up royally. So this guy botched (laughs) it up so bad, his name became a verb.
2: (laughs) No.
0: That's got to be so disappointing. Like It's like you want to leave the world having made an impact, and that's your impact.
1: Yeah. Okay, it's so like an-
2: that episode of The Simpsons <laughs> when uh, Homer gets a dictionary term at the end, you know? Yes. Oh.
1: <laughs> so another one that happened the same year, 1994. This is this was this E-Nobel prize was for medicine, and it was actually for two prizes. First, to patient X who was formerly a U.S. Marine Corps valiant victim of a venomous bite from his pet rattlesnake. Ouch. For his determined use of electroshock therapy, so at his own insistence, automobile spark plug wires were attached to his lip, and the car engine revved three thousand rpm for five minutes. The second award was a run to Dr. Richard C. Dart of the Rocky Mountain Poison Center and Dr. Richard A. Gustafson of the University of Arizona Health Sciences Center for a well-grounded medical report titled. Failure to electric shock treatment for rattlesnake envenomation. <laughs> wow. So,
0: so they tried to use an electric shock to cure so this a is, rattlesnake So, so this
1: U.S. Marine Corps guy wanted to use electroshock therapy to get, to get venom out of his body. And these two doctors helped him do it. And so they wrote this report. Failure of electric shock treatment for rattlesnake envenomation.
0: Did he die?
1: I would assume so. I would
0: feel like <laughs> connecting a car battery to your lip would do that. <laughs> Poor guy.
2: Oh, man. Yeah. And whose
0: idea was it? Like, you know what? Let's put this car on your lip and then... Like, yeah. how would the electricity get rid of the oh, Venom anyways? Man.
1: I guess he's trying to push it
2: out. I want to know, know. I want to read their grant proposal. How do they get money for this? That's pretty really amazing. Uh,
1: <laughs> then, so... In 2002, when they released the uh, Pentagon, Pentagon submitted the research, the gay bomb research, to the National uh, Science Institute or whatever. This is a Nobel Prize for interdisciplinary research. And it was presented by Carl Kruzelniki uh, of the University of Sydney, Australia, for performing a comprehensive survey of human belly button fluff. Who gets it? When? What color? And how much?
0: <laughs> belly button, like the stuff that gets caught in your belly. Yeah, button? that
2: I always have in my belly button.
0: Yeah, Alex always has fluff in his <laughs> belly button. All
2: Annie's get them, and it's the color of whatever clothes you wore that day. That's <laughs> the answer.
1: Well, this guy. <laughs>
0: this guy got did some research. and on these it. are real
1: scientists too. Like these are fake scientists; these are real scientists.
0: Like, I just want like these people have to be doing drugs, and they're like, you know what? Let's see. I've got guys. I've got the best experiment idea. And they probably he's probably they're all probably smoking and then they lift up their shirt and they're like, There's a fluff in my belly button. <laughs> That's what we gotta do.
1: It, I, I really suggest mm. people I will go into it later, but people need to look at the look some of these up because I'm not even doing some of the
2: Yeah. But here's a really cool yeah, one. Yeah, one of my favorites is uh didgeridoo as an alternative to sleep apnea. Yes, <laughs> I saw that. that one?
1: Uh, I saw that one.
2: Oh man. Uh
1: but uh, here's a cool one to try at home. I'm gonna try it next time I have it happens to me. It's a ignoble for medicine. Okay. And it's for discovering if you have an itch on the left side of your body, you can relieve it by looking into a mirror and scratching the right side of your body or vice versa. Hmm. So.
0: How do you, how would one remember like, oh, like you, I feel like instinctively you just begin scratching. You don't think, oh, I need to go look at myself in a mirror.
1: Well, now you will.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I'll keep an eye out. Isn't that
1: interesting? You itch over here, you look in the mirror, you scratch over here, and it relieves the other, the itch on your opposite well, side. But why from can't you
0: just scratch where the itch is and relieve it that way? That
1: sounds interesting, Cece. That's why I got an Ig Nobel Prize. Oh That's why I got an Ig Nobel Prize. Mm. Sorry, 2016 biology. Sorry, <laughs> I'm making lots of sounds yeah, today. you are. Biology. Awarded jointly to Charles Foster for living in the wild as at different times a badger, an otter, a deer, a fox, and a bird. (laughs) And and to Thomas Twaties for creating prosthetic extensions of his limbs that allowed him to move in the manner of and spend time roaming the hills in the company of goats.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah.
1: 2017. For using... Fluid dynamics to probe the question, can a cat be both a solid and a liquid? (laughs) Seriously.
0: How do these people (laughs) even come up with these ideas? Uh,
1: 2017, obstetrics. A bunch Uh of people got this one. (laughs) But for showing that a developing human fetus responds more strongly to music that is played electromechanically inside the vagina as opposed to outside the belly.
0: Oh, I, who would have guessed that fetal wow.
1: acoustic stimulation device patent? They got a patent for it, On September twenty ninth. So this is a real item that they tried to make. So I can <laughs>
2: they
0: tried to make it, or could could, could I buy it right now?
1: <laughs> you can probably I'm look looking it up. this up.
0: I'm looking uh, this up. Right. what's it called?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> and people think that flipping Bluetooth is uh, obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs>
1: A 2018 medical education. Ooh. I think you all are gonna like this. Akira Horihuchi, uh, for medical report colonoscopy in the sitting position colon, lessons learned from self colonoscopy. This lady gave herself a colonoscopy and wrote a research paper about
0: it. How can one, wow, she just put like a hole in the chair? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how it's going to work.
1: Yeah. Uh, 2018 Economics. Wow. For investigating whether it is effective for employees to use voodoo dolls to retaliate against abusive bosses.
0: Ooh. Yeah. That's dark.
2: That's, <laughs> That's like a 13th floor episode right there. Yeah. Voodoo in the workplace.
1: Voodoo <laughs> in the workplace. 2019 <laughs> Anatomy. Roger Muset and Boris Defa. Bingo Difa <laughs> For measuring scrotal temperature sure. asymmetry in naked and clothed postmen in France. I don't,
2: I don't what, They measured the
1: they measured the testicles of uh mailmen in France in different te- whether they were yeah. naked or clothed. Interesting.
0: Are these people delivering the mail naked? Like
2: I think the question they were wondering is is there a temperature variation in the, the lower one? That's uh, a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So they measuring the what? temperature and the difference of them because...
0: What? Yeah. <laughs> what? No, knowing that, what would that help humanity with at all?
2: And well, if you... I think one of the questions would be like, for example, if someone had monoorchidosis, that is to say one testicle, then the question would be, are they more or less fertile than someone who has monoorchidosis in the other testicle so because if there was a temperature variation it would stand to reason that the warmer testicle would be less uh viable
1: (laughs) this is my favorite conversation of all time
0: (laughs) here we are talking about testicles in the 13th floor podcast all right so james i just want to before we continue i just want to say that i'm amazed by your knowledge on testicle temperatures
1: Yeah, let's just leave it at that. And the last one, I've got one more. Okay. This was uh, for psychology. Fritz Strack for discovering that holding a pen in one's mouth makes one smile, which makes one happier. And then discovering that it does
2: not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's like a flipping second grade science fair level bad oh my god yeah i could
0: i could picture the three the trifold board with the finding the hypothesis <laughs> yeah. and then the the finding oh, man. the result oh that's Goodness. i wonder how much money was spent on that experiment
1: please Please, people, go to Wikipedia, look up the list of Ig Nobel Prize winners, and I promise you'll die laughing because mm. there are some really good ones.
0: That was that was interesting, Alex. <laughs> yeah. I, I understand why you were laughing so hard.
2: Goodness.
1: Oh, oh man. man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, get
2: toasters, James. Yeah, okay. James,
0: what are you talking about?
2: I am going to be talking about 5G. So, yeah, we're going from lighthearted to darker. That being said, um, turns out most of what I'm going to be saying is largely a debunking of the the 5G myths. Um, so do you guys know what 5G is?
0: Uh, yeah. Isn't it the speed at which your, your telephone connects to the Internet?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a question of download speed, uh, connection issues, things of that sort. It's basically, you know, we yeah. had 3G. And then we got 4G, and it was a significant upgrade. And now people are are switching to 5G. And right off the gate, one of the reasons why people are suspicious of it is it feels, on in terms of hardware, like a step backwards instead of forwards. Because, yeah, the Internet is faster, but you need a lot more of them because they don't travel very well. So you just have to pepper huh. the environment with, like, these somewhat smaller, um, like little tower bases. And because, yeah, I mean, the, the actual range of these is pretty bad. Like we're talking hundreds of feet and not only that, anything that, that occludes them, like any physical barrier decreases their effectiveness. So right out the gate, when people saw that, they were like, well, wait a minute. Why is everybody so eager to switch if, if it's got these, these very glaring issues. Um, and then right. a woman came public claiming that she worked on 5G and that uh, she developed cancer as a consequence of working on 5G and that the business that she worked for, which was sort of like one of those like hybrid, like, you know, it's private and public at the same time. It's like you, where the, where the private sector right. begins and the government ends is a little hazy. She claims that it's deliberate and they're, they're weaponizing it. It's part of like, you know, controlling the population. Uh, the biggest issue with her story is there's no, there's been no evidence put forward, no paper trail that proves that she worked on it, which is a glaring problem, obviously. Um, and one of the big arguments, the, the, the big claim why 5G is going to you know, cause you cancer or turn you into a super mutant from Fallout 4 or, or a number of other you know, theories is because the wavelength is quite a bit uh, – what would be a good word for that? The, the wavelength is much longer than, than the current uh, wavelength of 4G. Uh, the issue with that is it's still RF radiation. So RF radiation, if you guys know anything about it, it's the the most important thing to note is that it's not ionizing. And that means that, you know, the, the reason why radiation is bad for us is because subatomic particles or ions are being hurled at us. And those little particles, if they strike our DNA, it damages our DNA and causes cancer. This is why too much sunlight leads to cancer. This is why tanning beds lead to cancer and this is of course why if you uh stand in front of an x-ray machine or heck let's, let's just say you like to carry around some strontium 238 in your back pocket you're going to have some medical problems down the road uh it's for that reason mm-hmm. well this is non-ionizing so really it's about as dangerous in terms of of its interaction with human physiology as radio waves, which means to say it's not um So right out the gate, like a lot of the theories that, you know, it's going to mess with your DNA, complete and utter nonsense. Now, the reason why I, I still am interested in 5G theories, though, is because it really raises some issues about EMF, about electromagnetic fields. Because if you think about it, we have been surrounded by electromagnetic fields since birth uh and we're really the first yes. generation to to really experience that in the in the early 20th century they didn't have any of it uh i mean there was a few radio waves scattered about and before radio there was nothing you know there was nothing floating about in the air and then all of a sudden there was radio waves everywhere and now we're just bombarded i mean there's there's electricity everywhere and it, it raises some questions about dirty electricity and what do EMFs actually do to people? We know that it doesn't give you cancer. We know that it doesn't alter your DNA, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't do anything. I think it's kind of interesting. And, and bear in mind, this is me making speculation. But I think it's interesting that we know that dirty electricity, as we learned in our Poltergeist episode, that certain uh, forms of electricity can really mess with the uh, the person's mind. It can cause hallucinations, anxiety, feelings of dread. Uh, same thing with infrasound. Well, where nobody's ever, the, the country's never been more anxious. The West, in particular, has never been more anxious, and uh, mental health issues have never been more omnipresent and consistent and severe in history. I mean, we're actually we're dealing with mental illness more than back when it was popular to wear like mercury on your hat. <laughs> Uh, and that'll that'll really mess with your brain, so I think it's it's worth noting that while five g doesn't do any of the things that people say it'll do, and they've said this for as long as any new technology's been around when radio first came out, they were like invisible waves all around us it's gonna kill everybody <laughs> you know that was the the reaction same thing with the <laughs> with the internet, same thing with three g same thing with four g same thing with basic uh Uh, just getting x-rays, just everything, any kind of medical technology uh, or any technology that that you can't see, it's going to lead to theories that it's going to kill you. I mean, there were people in the turn of the century who refused, absolutely refused to get electricity, uh, to get wiring in their homes because they thought, you know, well, all these electrons flying around, uh, you're just asking to get murdered by, by all these little subatomic particles. <laughs> and, you know, of course, now we know that that doesn't happen. But it's worth noting that EMF exposure has never been higher. It is absolutely everywhere. And it, and we're getting bombarded by different forms of it. And 5G is just a new flavor. It's just a new form of it. Um, what's What is suspicious, like I said, is that it is less efficient in many ways. I mean, I'm talking a lot by comparison uh to four G. It's a lot faster. Uh and you know, I have a five G phone and it I feel absolutely fun. But uh that was a joke. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But but it's just it, what's suspicious about it and, and I'm not trying to say that, you know, the uh what was that breaking bad spinoff? <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Better Call Saul. I'm not saying the the brother from Better Call Saul is like a medical documentary and that that's a real concern. But I am saying that we have no idea what the long-term effects of electromagnetic uh, fields all over us, all around us, really have. We just know what it doesn't do. And what all the conspiracy theorists are saying it doesn't do, it doesn't do.
0: (laughs) Maybe this is why James can mess with all of the checkout scans at the the automatic checkout scans.
2: Maybe it's just a walking fire.
0: Every every person
2: does have an electromagnetic field, their own biological uh, field. And I do think mine is a little off. It's a little different. Um, And there's people like that. That's confirmed. We know there are people (laughs) like that. The question is, am I like that? Uh, All signs point to Yes. (laughs) (laughs) but how
0: do you test for that?
2: Right. I don't know, actually. I mean, some people it's so notable that like they just, they screw up electricity all the time, all the flipping time. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I don't do that. I can, I can survive around electricity, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. But in terms of the actual wavelength though, it is not ionizing radiation. It's not like flipping X-rays or gamma rays or, Anything that's actually going to cause these tumors that all these like YouTube is riddled with videos of, you know, we know a lady and she she walked past a 5G uh, tower and now look at her and they pan to her and she looks like, you know, flipping the blob or something. Uh, You know, that's the sort of that's sort of the big common prevailing conspiracy theory uh, regarding 5G is that it just mutates you and that that's deliberate. But the actual effects on on health, on on reproductive uh, organs, like you know, on gametes, on testicles. Let's let's just bring that back up. Uh, we don't really know. We do know that cell phones, just by emitting heat, do decrease fertility. So five G could have a whole new component to that. Uh, it could it could have unforeseen have consequences. Fun. Oh, how fun! <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's. It's it's super screwy, and it's something that a lot of research does need to go into. But like, if we're if we're gonna play like the Mythbusters angle, myth busted. It does not cause any of the consequences that people are claiming, and it it also shows a complete lack of knowledge about about EMF and, and radiation in general. It, it reminds me, of, I've I've actually seen people who are saying Alex Jones is wrong <laughs> about something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah,
2: that that really covers it for mine,
0: James. That was that was probably one of your shorter segments.
2: I learned a lot though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's again, there, there's it's it's one of those things where I kind of I, I I halfway wanted it to be real, even though I have a five G phone and don't really want it to be real. <laughs> but there's just too much evidence that that the theory in this case is just wrong.
0: Makes me feel a little bit better. Like get
1: 5G.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go get a new phone tomorrow. I'm gonna have 5G.
0: Yeah, Alex, Alex and I are gonna get new. Phones. I got a 5G. You like it?
2: I do, I, I do like it. Uh, every now and again, I hear voices and there's a ringing in my ears, but you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I oh. <laughs>
2: All my jokes today Like (laughs) Apparently
0: So Alex is there anything that you want to add To the Plum Island Ignoble Prizes 5G conversation
1: No I just I'll plead with people To please go read Some of the Ignoble awards If you're feeling sad Or you just need a good laugh (laughs) It is guaranteed to provide them
0: the sadness that is created forget. by all of the... Uh, it's
1: been proven that putting a pin in your mouth will make you smile.
0: And, then and
1: make you happy. And then it won't.
0: All right, guys. It's time to pick our topic for next week. <laughs> Alex, what are we talking about?
2: Ooh.
0: Ooh. Okay, you guys. This, is, this one's going to be a much different Ooh. episode. But next week, uh, we are talking about dark fairy tales. The origins behind dark fairy tales and this topic was submitted to us by kate
1: yeah one of
0: our loyal listeners kate love you i can't wait to talk about this all right cool we're gonna get a little bit of a little bit grim (laughs) get it (laughs)
2: Uh. (laughs) your
0: brother's grim i'm funny i laughed oh i did well that's what we're talking about next week alex who does our music
1: Our music is by Grant Cook. It's the song Signal. You can find Grant's music on iTunes, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, anywhere you listen to music.
2: Yeah,
0: and you can follow the 13th Floor on Facebook and Instagram at 13th Floor Podcast. If you have any topics you want to hear us list, uh, what do you want us to talk about? Submit your topics to us at 13th Floor Podcast at gmail.com. Alright guys, I think that's it for the week. This is a a fun, scary, Mm. also silly topic. Yeah. We'll talk about more lab conspiracies in the future, I'm sure. Oh yeah,
1: there's plenty of them out there, I'm sure. Until next
0: week, you guys. We hope that you guys can keep it straight. Keep
1: it straight. It's It's so delayed. That was hilarious. Alright, bye guys.
2: Bye. 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 Bye honey funny it is, dead on
0: There's a fluff in my belly button. <laughs> That's what we got to do.